recording I have tons of memory oh no this is the Aquila Jaffe one I don't think they that yeah I think I, I think we will um is this one called something no not testing all right <clears throat> hey y'all welcome to who all gonna be there a podcast by artists for artists we talk cash shit about everything sometimes we get messy and it all counts as art because we say so i'm mel ain't i black ain't i a woman ain't i an artist i guess so that means all the labor and none of the love this week i'm a meteorologist a black internet historian and i also run the weekly bingo session down at the piggly wiggly around the corner <laughs> Yo, do they have Paley Lilies up here? No. <laughs> but they have them in Georgia? I think there might be still a few left. Okay, we have them in Texas. Mm. Um, we got Paley Wiggly's. Do you have any Winn-Dixie's in Texas left? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're left, but the last time I was there, so there's still a few Winn-Dixie's. Nice. Um, I don't know if you have H-E-B's. No, I don't no. think we have that. I don't know if it, if it made it to you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Yo, what's up? If you recognize my voice, that's Maximiliano. Reminiscing about the old days in the dirty south, you know how we do it. It's ATL over here. Um, we're in the skatey rink. Um, we still do twenty eights. Um, tall teeth never left, y'all. Tall teeth never die. Tall teeth will rise again. We still get our wings from the Publix. Exactly. And I know you're sitting there wondering. How do I give Nat Turner Project more money? Because and this they deserve is, all the money. Yes. Exactly. And this is exactly how. 
we have a Patreon page with exclusive podcast episodes, which are only available behind the paywall. So we get extra messy. You can buy our stuff on Etsy. We have a number of publications. We have testimony. The first year of our curations and exhibitions. We have Awful. We have Black Abbey. What else do we have, Melanie? We have all of our BOS, um, 1 through 64. What else do we have? Um, we have pins. Pins, totes, advice, um, tax advice, <laughs> um, real estate advice, estate planning. We're getting into estate planning, y'all. Hit us up. Um, let us know if we can plan to, if we can plan to your estate, if we can include ourselves in your estate. <laughs> let us know. Support Nat Turner Project. Um, contact us at natturnerproject0 at gmail.com. And we will read it on the air. And um, follow us on all the social medias at Not Turner Projects. And um, we are streaming on SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Spotify. Spotify. Check us out everywhere. Yo, 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 yo. Everywhere where podcasts be at. Um, so, if you're listening, you may wonder, what is all that weird ambient noise in the background? And that is because we are recording live in situ, as Max called it. Um, we're testing out this thing where we go out on the road and record the podcast rather than sitting in a stodgy old studio. Well, our studio isn't stodgy, but, you know, we want to live in the moment. So here we are at the Hilt, um, on Alberta in Portland, Oregon, and we're going to try this thing out and see how it goes. Yeah, everything that Melanie said, um... You know, like, life's funny like that. Like, something's brand new, and then you get tired of it. Something's brand new, and then it becomes the prison you rebel against. <laughs> you know, um, you, get a, you get a brand new espresso maker, but you just uh, make coffee from the cardboard box. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's that whole thing. Yeah, but like, as Mountain said, Red the Hill, um, Alberti and 20th, pull up, but we won't be here because... This is in the future. Yeah, and we don't tell people where we're at until we're gone. Right, because we're black. Yeah, real G's move in silence. Y'all know that. <laughs> we don't play. We don't play. You think because we have art degrees, we got we got twisted, but... Yeah, don't let the MFA fool you, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. No, no way. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, first thing is Portland was hit with like 10 inches of snow last weekend just out of nowhere, which was fun. Uh, so because Portland is much like in Atlanta in that they have no money <laughs> to, to help, you know, salvage the situation even though it's been happening for the past like five years, uh, everything got shut down for the whole weekend. Um, so I had to cancel a whole bunch of stuff, and I was stuck in the house, which reminded me of old times, early days of the panty. And I'm sure you hated it. <laughs> it was awful, Max. I was stuck watching Vanderpump Rules. Oh, no, like, Melody. <laughs> snowed in your house all alone. <laughs> Whatever will I do? <laughs> what did you do? Um... Well, not to give much away, but I actually wasn't in Portland for a lot of the snow. Oh. I was out of town, um, so I avoided a lot of snow, but I couldn't get back to Portland because of the snow. So you were snowed in? 
I was by snowed, yourself, Max? I was snowed out. I was snowed out um, with some... <laughs> With some accoutrement. Accoutrement. I'm sure accoutrement would love to be referred to that way. Some, That's great. Uh, some negligee. <laughs> some uh, deglatage. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so y'all you know, y'all uh, can't see right now, but Max is over here blushing. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, you know, uh, rouge, wee, wee, wee. Rulala. Oh, I'm jealous. Um, but yeah, chill. Um, I've been getting into a gluten-free diet. What? Um, I've been learning about um kvassa flour. I I don't understand the words that are coming. Gluten-free out of flour. Um, actually, you would like this. There's these chicken tenders that are delicious and also gluten-free. Cause like wheat, it's gluten or whatever. Right. So the breading is still like. People do a lot of, like, cauliflower base, which I know, I'll lose you. No, but... not necessarily, because buffalo cauliflower does slap. Right, so cook, eating cauliflower right away is delicious, but people have been doing cauliflower-based pizza crust. Interesting. Which is pretty good. It's still real cheese, so don't get me wrong. Like, okay. you can be gluten-free and eat cheese. You yeah. can still eat meat. Yeah. It's just you're not eating wheat. Yeah. So glutens aren't, like, vegans. Yeah. Don't get, don't get it twisted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can still have a good time. You're still getting out on dairy. You're still getting out on animals. Um, on human, if you're Hannibal. Um, <laughs> so, what inspired this new gluten free trend in your life? Um, some of my uh, negligee is uh, gluten free. So, oh, okay. So, that's been expanding, that's... expanding my world. Okay, okay. <laughs> A lot of gluten, cauliflower-based pizza crusts. I'd like to try that. That sounds interesting. You, I honestly, you won't, you don't notice the difference. It's not like eating like vegan meat and being like, oh, you can't tell the difference. Like vegan meat is just offensive, and I don't know why. <laughs> Definitely. Like, like I've had gluten-free tortillas. Mm-hmm. They taste like a little thin, maybe like a little different, but for the most part, they're fine. Okay. Um, mochi, mochi is rice-based and mm-hmm. it's also gluten-free. So you can have mochi donuts. There's mochi pastries, um, which are delicious and gluten-free. Okay. Looks like we're we're both giving up foods. I like I listeners, you don't know this, but I gave up red meat and ice cream recently. For Lent? No, in general. Oh. To live. (laughs) To live. (laughs) You know uh, Mardi Gras was recently. Oh, that's right. Did you? Do anything with Mardi Gras? No. I do want to go to New Orleans one day. I've never been. Right, but say, you honored your southern roots <laughs> by engaging in some debauchery, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, yeah, giving up uh, red meat wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Oh, you don't miss it? I miss it sometimes, like when you mention Fogo de Chao, or when I see burgers on a menu. But for the most part, it's fine. What is it? Is like burgers the thing you miss the most, or is like, mm. is there like something specific? A really well prepared steak is heavenly. So if, I do miss. That. If you had to choose, you could eat one thing: a burger, bacon, mm. 
Ooh, bacon. Or a steak. Ooh. Which one are you choosing? That's hard. <laughs> I feel like it's a toss-up between bacon. No, it's the, the steak. The steak wins. The steak, the steak wins, yeah. It's, but bacon is a very close second. Okay. Bacon is delicious. But yeah, it was killing my insides, literally. So... <laughs> Wait, are we going to get sued by the meat industry like Oprah if we talk about <laughs> I hope so. Come on, meat industry. Come on, dairy industry. Yeah, what's 50% of nothing? Because that's what you're going to get. You can take it all. <laughs> take us to the court. Um, okay, so I was snowed in. You were snowed out. Do you miss the snow? Um... It was actually like snowing on my birthday, um, so that felt nice. Oh shit! That I'm felt... sorry, Max. I forgot. It's okay. Bro. No, it's not okay. I'm so <laughs> terrible. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, Melody. Oh, so wait, you were you were snowed out with negligee on your birthday? Yes. That sounds like a nice birthday. Yeah, it's it pretty good. Um, I had um, my birthday request was. Um, some risotto, we had some sockeye salmon, and some broccolini. You got to request a menu? Um, Negligee is a former chef. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, so they're past life. They were like a chef and like a pastry chef, so they're like... They can do... They like flip, have two skillets and flip two eggs kind of shit. Wow. Um... But they don't like me to tell them, you, talk about them being... You hit the like, damn jackpot, Max. Jeez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've also been getting... Speaking of this, I've also been getting into, like, mushrooms. Um, of like the culinary kind? Yeah, like... Or yeah, recreational like, Not psilocybin, which I've already been into. Oh, but, oh um, okay. Pardon. Like, other mushrooms that are, like, for nutritional benefits. Like, mushrooms... They have, like, a meaty texture, so they're good as, like, a meat substitute. They are. But, um, lion's mane is really good for, like, energy. Cordyceps, which is, like, the mushroom that is killing everybody in, um, The Last of Us. Okay, for Max, spoiler alert, first of all, I haven't even started watching it. No, that's not a spoiler. It's just, like, that's, like, the premise is, like, cordyceps is, like, infecting people. No, so it's not a spoiler. Okay, okay. It's like that's their twist on zombies. Okay. Is that I the see. zombies are being created not by like a virus or like anything else, but by a fungus that's already exists. Okay. And that already actually like um, animates like ants and stuff. Okay. Like cordyceps already like will affect an ant and make it move. Okay. And now they're just in the show. They're saying now humans are affected. By it. Um. But that's really good for, like, fatigue and, like, inflammation. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, um, what else? Um, Rishi. And these are all, like, really good for, like, memory, energy, inflammation, um, all these kind of things. So, like, it's kind of, like, becoming, like, the new coffee. Oh, wow. It's, like, a mushroom powder in the morning, like, with tea or, like, as tea is, like, really, like, the benefits, like, outweigh coffee in like, every aspect. Um, but I've been drinking it with my coffee. It's like a, a mushroom mixture. Mm. Um, yeah, getting the mushrooms, y'all. 
So where do you buy these? Um, so as of now, like, mushrooms are still, like, because it's not as widespread, they're still kind of expensive. You can yeah. buy the powders online or... Okay, because it's not like I can walk into, like, a Safeway and buy these mushrooms. Maybe. If you go to, like, the health food aisle, they could be in pill form. Because okay. they have, like, makaroo, ashwagandha, mm-hmm. are, like, are already, like, in pill form. But okay. they're probably, like, expensive. Okay. Um... So you can probably find it, but it may be expensive. But then there is, like, a cheaper option that takes more effort. Is like, you can grow mushrooms. It's pretty easy to grow. You put them in mushrooms, put them in a cabinet. Okay. Mushrooms just, like, want darkness. Okay. And then you can turn it into, like, a powder. Oh, that's Or you can, cool. like, grind it. Um, or you can cook them. Um, so it depends on how you want it. Like You have to dry them out pretty well to turn them into a powder, I imagine, right? Yeah, the same way you would... You would dry out any other like plant or like pepper or marijuana, like oh, that's like the way you just like dry out anything. Okay. Um, cool. But um, you can also like not dry it and, and cook with it. Yeah. Um, again, as a replacement for meat. Yeah, or, like, I love the texture of, of mushrooms for yeah. exactly that reason because yeah. there's a hardiness to it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like mushrooms are like earth's flesh. Really. Yeah. You're very poetic. <laughs> um, went to see a movie this weekend. Uh, I saw Creed three. Creed three. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What do you I, think, Melanie? Um, I I feel like maybe I've gotten to a point where, like, as a person who also creates narrative, I'm just sick of certain tropes. You know, like. I'm just tired of like the like women in a storyline just being used as like ways to move the plot forward but with no character development. And then I'm also like I don't know, but lately I've just been super aware of like dark skinned black folks being used or portrayed a certain way and I'm just over that. I'm fucking over it and annoyed. Um but, like, I will say this, Jonathan Majors, just give him all the roles. Like, he's so, like, I don't feel like he had as much to work with as he should have in this movie, but what he did have, he worked the fuck out of it. Like, there was one scene in particular where I cried, um, and it's just, it was just all because of his acting, like, for real. And um, you've seen Ant-Man, or you haven't seen Ant-Man? I haven't seen Ant-Man right. yet. Um, I have so many questions. I'll try to like make sure I ask them in the right order. Okay. Um. So maybe to your first comment, um, based on me seeing Creed one and Creed two mm-hmm. and knowing the Rocky franchise, I'm assuming. It Okay. So you had Turkey Club. Turkey Club. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. See, that's real life people that you're hearing. Okay, but no, what were you saying? Um. Yeah. So based on my knowledge of the Creed Creed One, Creed Two. Right. Would you? You've and, seen both of those. Yeah, I've seen both of those. Okay. Um, and all the Rocky films. Um, and then knowing your first comment, so like, so I'm assuming Tessa Thompson is the only female character. No, his mother. Felicia Rashad. Oh, right, all right. Felicia Rashad, I'm sure they have, like, bit parts 
Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, like, I don't know. They're ornamental. They're made to look pretty or whatever. Yeah, like, I don't know how to speak to that, I guess, in a spoiler-free review. Because, like, I haven't seen it, so, like, I don't want spoilers. So, like, okay. a spoiler-free way of, yeah, like, ways of, yeah, Tatsa Thompson's role. Um, Felicia Rashad. Because um, now I, I, I he's, really like, the want... wife, right? Because now she's, they're married. Yeah. Okay. There's a daughter as well. Okay. Okay. Um, Who wants to be a boxer, right? Yes. And I will say this. In the first Creed, I think that the character Bianca was given more meat. There was more flesh to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And now she's been kind of sidelined as the wife, who's just like there to remind him of the right things to do. And I'm just, I'm fucking over that, man. Um, I thought we're past this, you know? How much of, like, your critique of the film has to do with, like, it being Michael B. Jordan's rectorial debut? I mean, I think it was fine in that way. I think... But you weren't wowed. You said fine. Yeah, I, I mean, there wasn't anything in particular that stood out to me in terms of, like, the shooting of it, you know? Everything... The things that stood out to me was, like, Michael B. Jordan... Um, is unreasonably attractive. There's that, but and Jonathan Majors, whenever he's on the screen, he's just breathtaking. Like he he owns the screen whenever he's on it. So I was just like, every scene he was in, I was just captivated. Um, and that and for the record, let me just say, um, I have been on Jonathan Majors since the last Black Man in San Francisco. I'm happy the rest of y'all have caught up because he has abs or whatever. But he has always been amazing. So I'm just going to put that on there. But yeah, he's amazing. Um, I feel like the writing for his character could have been a lot better. Alright, it's on its way. I typed it in wrong, I'm sorry. But on your tab, it's going to say the same thing, but it's the same price. Okay, so, cool. Thank you. Um, Because, like, the writing kind of tried to, like, make him into, like, this villain a little bit. But this, he made the story more complex than that. He was, like, more charismatic. Not, yes, he is naturally charismatic, but it was more nuanced. Like, there was more to that character and more to his story that they could have explored. Then not he, so much as, like... A clear villain. Exactly. They chose the villain route route a little bit, um, which I thought was kind of a cop out. Yeah, that's what makes me wonder, like, how much of that do you feel like is Michael B. Jordan's like um, freshman, you know, directorial attempt? Yeah. Yeah. And there were aspects of Michael B. Jordan's backstory because it was tied to Jonathan Major's character. Um, that they should have explored more. I feel like they just skimmed the surface, and the the subject matter was too heavy for them to give it that surface treatment to me. Do you feel like you needed to see the first two to give this film? No, I don't think you needed to see the first two, which to me is a problem, right? Especially the the, the end of a trilogy. Yeah. There yeah. were like some Easter eggs that like there was definite nods to like the first two, but you didn't need it. How do you feel about the absence of Sylvester Stallone? It was weird. I missed it. You wanted to see even like a scene or it something? Nice, yeah. 
you felt the absence of Ryan Coogler too. Like, I appreciate this is Michael B. Jordan's debut, but he's not Ryan Coogler. Do you think he was trying to be Ryan Coogler? No, I don't think he was. Okay. Yeah. So you good. think it was a different style? Yeah. Just, I think his style is like... What's a nice way of saying this? Like, it's just not as experienced as Ryan Coogler. Like, it is what it is. I think that's a nice way. Yeah. I don't think that's like... I think that means true. Yeah. It's your first, first film? Yeah. I think he did really well for his first film, and that's cool, but he's not Ryan Coogler. It's going to be a while before he gets to that point. So now to the more pressing topics. Okay. <laughs> Is Michael B. Jordan a good actor? Aww. <laughs> what makes a good actor, Max? Melanie. I think he's very pretty, and I like that, and he does that well, and that's good enough for me, damn it. Okay, Melanie Stevens, y'all. <laughs> Melanie Stevens in a nutshell. Am I wrong? He's Am pretty, I wrong, he's pretty, and he does it well. <laughs> Where's the line? No, I mean, I, I, like, I come to see Michael B. Jordan for that. I don't necessarily <laughs> come to see Michael B. Jordan for, like, I, I come to see him for, like, maybe three degrees of depth. But maybe not like seven degrees of depth. Yeah, yeah. But I also like feel bad for him because I was like, maybe he's just been too pretty to like develop depth. Yeah, maybe. Like, like I think he's like more conscious than Drake, but I think he has like a little bit of like a Drake syndrome of um, like being a child actor that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's like all right, you're like not always pretty. You think Drake is really beautiful? I think a lot. I think he's been treated as he's really beautiful. Okay. Okay. Good cleanup there. I think we have different opinions on Drake's level of attractiveness. No, no, I'm not. I'm not over there comparing the two, but I just think in the world they live in, they've mm. been treated in similar ways. Yeah. Like from a young age, as like you're beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is beautiful. Yeah. He is. He's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I do think it was a risk for him to put himself on screen against Jonathan Majors. But I think it really shows a little bit, like the difference. But can you also like applaud that risk? I no, I do. I, I do applaud it. That is a bold move to make, you know. Because I think Majors that was clearly a intentional. I think that was intentional. Some of was like, "Who is better than me?" Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, there's like a level of humility there. Yeah, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael B. Humo- uh, a humble. Michael, Michael B. Trippin'? Yeah, Michael B. Trippin'. I like Michael B. Jordan. I don't know why. I just do. He's maybe, sweet. He's maybe it's a sweet one guy. funny person recognizing another. Maybe. Like, I think that's the thing. Is like That's like the thing about like him and Drake. Is like, no matter how much you try, like you can't like not be corny. But I don't feel like Michael B. Jordan's like trying to not be corny. And that's the difference. But like, because I feel like, all right, Drake, Michael B. Jordan, Nick Cannon mm-hmm. suffer from like corniness. <laughs> And they all deal with it in very different ways. <laughs> yes. Two of them very toxic. Right. Yeah. One just impregnates everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'll show you, Courtney. That's what he said. That's what he says. <laughs> and the other is just like this, like increasingly worse and worse misogynist. <laughs> yeah. Like... Future Proud Boy, maybe, or something like oh, that. Oh, you know what? He's got the beard, he's got the shaved top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Women are just causing more trouble. Mm-hmm. According to Drake, you know, Drake's gonna have his little militia. Yeah. Little Drake militia. Yeah. 
And Michael B is just out here, just trying to, I don't know, work on his career, I guess. Trying to be Jonathan Majors. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Not a fucking way, but like, a little bit. <laughs> you know, Jonathan Majors is an amazing actor. Because I think part of like... Sandwich? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Because I think like part of creative was like, he is like the child of like a celebrity boxer, so he has this like privilege. Yes. And I think Michael B. Jordan, as like a child actor, has like a privilege too. He does. And he's like, oh, I'm trying to shake off my like childness and like be like, I'm an adult, I can do heavy stuff. Jonathan Major is like, I've only been an adult actor, I don't have like a, a child resume to like promote me. Yeah. Like, I made it as an adult, not like. I like a young prince or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't eat at Michael B. Jordan. I don't think it like eats at him like the way it no. eats at like Drake. He seems like he has and maybe this is like from what I I've seen of him, he, he seems to like surround himself with people who actually know him and care about him and he has like a robust family life or whatever. So he seems like a relatively like healthy human being, like well adjusted, self aware, all that. Yeah, that's like good. you heard about that thing that happened with him on the red carpet, right? With the where the interviewer was trying to yeah. Like it's like basically she like you know mentioned that they were like they were in high school and he like he brought up the fact like, oh yeah y'all used to call me corny and everybody like at first like jumped on him like he did something wrong and I was like no I think he actually handled that pretty well like as someone who was maliciously teased in high school because I was a weird kid um <laughs> weird artsy dark skinned short black girl with glasses or whatever um I would have acted much more petty if someone tried to like approach me in that situation acting like we were cool. Right, especially like a former like bullier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think yeah, I think he was cool about it like being like Cause I feel like if you're the first to acknowledge it like or remove the powers like it's like, Oh yeah, like I know who you are, like you were my bully. But if I call you out versus like hiding from it. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, like I'm not scared of it now. It's yeah. Like, yeah like, no, but I would have been beyond that. I'd have been like uh, no, we weren't cool. You did this, this, and this to me. Like, I know you're not here trying to pretend that we're okay. Like, there's trauma. Mm. <laughs> like, you know. He actually handled it with a lot of class. Yeah, I think so. But people were acting like him even mentioning it was, like, wrong. I think that just makes him so much more human. Yeah. Like, mentioning that, like, Michael B. Jordan was, like, a kid in high school. Yeah. Is so much more like human than like acting like that never happened. Yeah. It's like, yo, even this dude was bullied. Mm-hmm. That's like, I feel like, yeah, that's as real as shit. Like, as me. There's just something very <clears throat> endearing about Michael B. Jordan. Like, how he's willing to, like, sit there and be roasted um, after being, after breaking up with Lori Harvey, you know? I appreciate that. And so, did you watch that SNL after? I haven't, no. Okay. You want to talk, you want to describe it? Well, I mentioned a little bit with the Michael B, but, mm-hmm. I, but I just feel like you would appreciate the, the monologue. I, I need to watch the monologue. Because of yeah. those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always nice to see child stars who weren't completely fucked up by the system, <laughs> so. 
Right? Yeah. I mean, technically Nick Cannon qualifies, but maybe not with his latest shenanigans. I don't understand what's happening there. Like, he continues to do it. Like, I think it's like a power trip. Honestly, I think it's like, I don't think he's like on some like Bob Marley, like Lion's Pride. I know he like, has lupus, like me. And someone had some theory online that he was doing it because of that. Like he was trying to sire people who could pot- like potentially donate organs and shit. Because <laughs> there's like a lot of organ failure involved in lupus. Damn, I mean, that's fucked up, but... Maybe. I think it was just a stupid internet theory, but, like, <laughs> But I feel like people have had kids for, like, less or even more selfish reasons than that. So I was like, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he's not thinking, like, it'll happen, but maybe, like, if it does happen, is it tomato or bacon? bacon. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it'd be a pretty fucked up reason to do that, though. Like, character-wise. And at a certain point, can someone jump in legally and say you can't do this anymore? I don't think so. Really? I think legally you can't tell somebody to, like, stop having kids. <laughs> you can't? Mm. I guess not. <laughs> but, like, he's on what? Like, 13 now? Yeah. Something like that. Colors. But, like, most of them are, like, with multiple women, so they're, like, keep being like down with it too. Every time I hear of a new kid, I'm like, I wonder what Mariah thinks of all this. I feel like all the names get more and more out there. Because yeah. even like Mariah's kids have like whatever name. No. Um, But if him right, like, I'm good. I'm not paying, paying their bills. True. True. <laughs> Me, like, I only have two kids to worry about. <laughs> Nick has, like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, 12 others. And I'm not even thinking about. This turkey club is delicious. You're right, Max. You called it. Food here is amazing. It's a good spot. I love dive bars where the food is good. Yeah. I think that is, like, a thing that's, like, kind of, like... We need to pour it is because like bars have to serve food. Yeah. I think I need a refill. <laughs> you know what, Yeah. I'll be back. Can you bring back like a couple of napkins? Yeah. Thank you. Rock Netflix special came out this weekend. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. Are you going to? I am. Um, so when I first heard about it and I heard the title, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. What's the title? Selective Outrage. Okay. I'm like, this is about to be some bullshit. Mm -hmm. I made, to my credit, I made it about 30 minutes in. And then I fell asleep, and then I was like, I'm not finishing this <laughs> So I didn't even get to the Will and Jada rant, which is at the end. So it was like an hour long or something? Yeah, I think it's about an hour. Um, 
My issue with Chris Rock is not really the same issue that everyone else seems to have be having, which is that like he's got like respectability bullshit and misogynist bullshit. Because in essence, that's who he's always been. It's just that times have changed and he hasn't changed with them. Um, my issue is that he's not funny, um, and it's basically just a rich cishet old guy yelling get off my lawn like talking about how words aren't words don't hurt and that people who complain that they hurt are just you know being sensitive or blah blah some like random abortion jokes that i didn't find were funny they weren't offensive they just weren't funny um he made sure to mention that he has trans friends okay so, and <laughs> it was just, it was uncomfortable, and I didn't laugh much. And maybe it's just because I've grown up, or I've changed, and that's fine. It's okay to change, but he's not funny to me. Were you ever a Chris Rock fan? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of revisionist historians out there who, who want to say that Chris Rock is like, he writes jokes for, for white people and blah, blah, blah. But like, I was there for Bring the Pain. I was there for like all those specials he made where he hit it big. And we were all laughing because we all thought it was funny. He was funny to us then. But a lot of us are just in a different space now. And he isn't. Um, and I don't know if money does that. Like, money gives you the ability to kind of stay stagnant or frozen in place. Uh, I don't know if... Yeah, but... Or maybe it's the fact that I moved from the South to, like, this progressive hub that is Portland. And that's what made me change, where others in my position maybe wouldn't have changed. There's always that as well. So the whiteness of Portland made you find Chris Rock not funny anymore. No, because white people, <laughs> white people find him funny now. White people love Chris Rock. Yeah. I feel like Chris Rock is still at a point where like there's a lot of jokes you would tell that like white people still feel uncomfortable to laugh at. Uh-huh. Um, but I do think he's like softened over the years or whatever as far as like his edginess or like his like um, acceptability. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he like he does suffer from the same thing that like, a lot of like black com successful black comics suffer for mm-hmm. suffer from is like success mm-hmm. of like they live in like a predominantly white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Chris Rock is just like Dave Chappelle, right? Of like I'm surrounded by white people. It's, like I don't I don't know anything about black people anymore. I just, I just know about rich people mm-hmm. and poor white people. Yeah. Um. I definitely think there's that and then um yeah like I feel like Chris Rock did have a thing that was cool but then it was like you can't just like yell into the mic for 30 years I guess mm-hmm. um I mean he did bring up a salient point which I think is the inspiration for his title Selective Outrage which is that people get angry for one person doing another thing but they don't say shit one another and he like he used R. Kelly versus Michael Jackson as an example. That one landed, I think. So like he has like a few good points thrown in there, but they, they don't make me laugh. <laughs> like, I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe that's like the missing craft is like making that truth laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of sort of supposed to be his job. It is. I did see the clip that I missed where he goes off on Will and Jada. Um, and basically the punchline is that like, um, all these people were talking shit about Jada, all these people, and Will zeroed in on him and hit him, the nigga that he could beat, which was a bitch ass move, which is not wrong, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think it's like we were saying earlier that, like, I think Chris Rock is somebody that's been like bullied his whole life, been picked on, yeah. um, been beat up, been you know, turned to comedy specifically to to assuage bullies mm-hmm. to avoid getting beat up. Um, comedy as his defense mechanism. Yeah. So to see like comedy bring this form of like bullying to him that he's like experienced as like a child or like a youth um i can definitely see how that like would affect chris rock in a way that's like i'm a celebrity i should be able to have escaped this whole thing yeah like my money my fame should have made me escape this yeah but then for him to be bullied in one of like the biggest stages like in the world um, I'm sure that hurts. I'm sure that stings. I'm sure he's still dealing with it because it's like, yo, no matter how rich you are, no matter how famous you are, like, you, you're still like slapped on stage or whatever. Yeah. Which I feel for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Um, and I think that my original opinion um, has shifted a bit. Because I feel like in my original opinion, I was showing a little bit of my own, like, trauma. And, like, how, you know, I was raised. Um, in that, like, if you said questionable things, you might get slapped in the face or you might get hit. Like, and that's not necessarily okay. It shouldn't necessarily be like that. Um, so... I think originally I was like, yeah, he was talking shit about Jada. He deserved to get hit. And maybe, maybe that's not the way, you know? I'm willing to concede that. It's not okay. Okay, so let's say the same the same event happens. Um, Chris Rock still makes the same joke. Yeah. Will Smith doesn't go up there. Um, Will and Jada go home that night, and then Jada's like, you don't support me. You don't defend me. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like on will, or what? Um. I mean, there's a part of me like the feminist, quote unquote, in me is like, I don't need my partner or my man or whoever to defend me. I can defend myself. That's one. Um, but also there are ways to defend and protect someone that don't involve violence 
like he could have chosen to like go backstage and have a conversation with him like no this is not cool he could have done it fiscally like refusing to work with him which I think would actually hit harder no pun intended I mean I think I do think that it is like the most like standard adult reaction is to be like to talk to him backstage after yeah. the incident yeah I feel like 99% of people would have been like especially if they're two of the most famous like black people in America like surely they have some sort of like relationship yeah so you would think Will would be able to like yo Chris I don't like yeah appreciate that like Jada's going through this like maybe you didn't know that this was going on but like she's going through this right now blah 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 um I was like kind of fucked up blah blah um but then devil's avocado how would you have felt (laughs) if with the things you said instead of Will going up there Jada went up there and slapped Chris Rock I would have been of two minds because I am a messy bitch who lives for the drama (laughs) a huge part of me would have enjoyed that but the optics of a black woman going up on stage and hitting someone would not in front of all these rich white people who were probably already racist would not have sat well with me either so do you hold Jada to a higher standard than you hold Will? Well, like I said, I don't agree with Will anymore. Like... But it seems like you would have agreed with Jada less? No. Well, no. 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 Okay, I feel like you're painting me into no, a corner here. No. I'm just... Um, I'm, I'm thinking about it. That's why I'm so quiet. <laughs> I guess there is a part of me that expects a level of... More of a level of violence from men than from women. And that's fucked up. I'll concede to that. That's not okay. So would it have been subversive if Jada did that? Like, in a way that you could potentially... Like, after more thought, like, get behind because of how subversive it was in relation to like male on male lines or black male on black male lines. Yeah, yeah. I think after I sat with it a while, like it would have been interesting to me. But also of all the different violences that you can do to someone, physical violence to me is the most boring. Boring? Yeah. There are ways to get back at someone that don't involve putting your hands on them. Melanie Stevens, yo! Like I said, fiscally, I think that hits the hardest. Yo, if you are trying to get back on somebody, hit up Melanie Stevens. (laughs) She will tell you you've been thinking (laughs) one-dimensionally. I'm a pacifist, Max. (laughs) But not fiscally. (laughs) (laughs) Fiscally aggressive. (laughs) No, but you're right, like... This is gonna sound really fucked up, but but for me, in terms of behavior, in terms of like cishet male, the bar is on the floor for me. Um, and I wouldn't say I, it's, I wouldn't call it giving them grace, but it's just like I don't expect much. 
which is fucked up, I guess. But also, my life has proven this to be the case. Right. Like, there have been so many random acts of violence even towards me, like, from men, some of whom don't know me, that I just, like, I'm always on alert that that's, like, under the surface, you know? Which is, again, like, I think that's the thing about the slap. I think the slap really kind of illuminated a lot of people's personal trauma in this weird-ass way, even though the incident itself is fairly innocuous. Then I think it's like this weird thing, like, maybe this is me thinking about it, but it's like, is us thinking about the slap in relation to trauma focusing, like, this, like, um, hypocrisy of black people having trauma in relation to, like, white people having trauma, but, like, the acceptance, we accept white people's trauma because, like, it's our day-to-day, like, our lives are, like, narrated by, like, white people's trauma. But then black trauma has to, again, like any relation to blackness is still this, like, thing that um, still disrupts white normalness. Or where I feel like, is white trauma, like, is trauma in the white sense so much more, like, you know, in our mainstream? And then when, I don't like, agree with that, because I feel like if this had been two white people, I think the blowback would have been just as bad. You think so? Yeah. You think Jim Carrey would have still been up there be like, this is disgusting, blah, 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 blah. I don't think it would have been talked about in the same way, but there would have been consequences. I think the way that it was talked about is specific to how blackness is seen and how it's perceived, but if it had been two white people, there would have been consequences, but they would have talked about it differently, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Like I'm trying to think like who are two comparable white actors. Like if that have done something was the the Like if Colin Farrell had slapped the shit out of Matt Damon, people would have talked about that. That would have been huge. Yeah. Like, what about the I mean the Harry Styles spit on uh oh, yeah. Chris Pine or whatever, right? Alleged. Yeah. Spit. And that whole production was just fucking weird. Like, and people were talking about that, but it was mostly like, what the fuck is going on? Because they kept trying to lie about it and cover it up. Mm-hmm. Which, I'll give you that. That may have happened too. Like, that's a, that's a white coping mechanism. <laughs> like, yeah, that's literally whiteness is like, let's cover this up. Yeah. Let's never use the truth. Let's always like. It just seems like now if we if we want to get into gender and that sort of thing, like something is done from a man to a woman or whatever, I think that gets handled very differently. Like I'm thinking about Adrian Brody and Halle Berry. That was some bullshit. That's so very and people accepted. laughed about that. Right, and I feel like even when it was re brought up, like more recently, people were still like indifferent to it. Like the even the Jim Carrey Ming of Alicia Silverstone that was or whatever, fucked up, yeah. like because that came back like after he said all the stuff about fucking Will Smith, yeah, and people were still like, <laughs> and people were still like, um, oh that was funny, blah blah blah, yeah, and people were still like whatever about it, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> You're, you clearly feel very passionately about this. You'll protect our actors, yeah, from Canadians, um. 
I, and I'm thinking, I'm, I remember the MTV Awards and Chris Isaac did that shit to um, Cameron Diaz. And like, she was like visibly upset. She was like, she pushed him away and she's like, get off me. No one talked about it. Like, why does, <laughs> like, why was that ever seen as acceptable? Yeah. This idea that like this person is just like an object, like in a, an extension of the statue or something mm-hmm. that you can just like handle or kiss or whatever. It's like, yeah. it's like a fucking human being. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's fucking crazy. But yeah, like, I think it shows like how normal that was. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we loved it. I feel like we loved it when Adrian Brody showed much, showed so much emotion. And he was like, um, he was climbing over the chairs, wasn't he? Yeah. Like on the way, I was like, we were like, oh, everyone oh. was charmed about he it. He was so happy. But and, I remember feeling really weird about it. Like I felt uncomfortable, yeah. but I also felt alone in feeling. Right, but I think it's the same thing. Like you're like you're into it until that moment. You're like. You follow his story. You support him so much. He's like all frail yeah. and like um, emaciated. He won the Oscar, and he won that shit for like a Woody, a Woody, what's his face? Allen. A Woody Allen movie. Was that Woody Allen? Yeah, it was. A, the pianist wasn't Woody Allen. Was was a pianist? Yeah, the one he won the Oscar for was a pianist. And there's no way Woody Allen. Oh no no, no okay. Like, yeah, okay no you're right no it was no it was um what's his face. Who was the kind of the snitch, the controversial director who basically ratted out a bunch of people during the Red Scare? Like that was the controversy. I don't know. Who you're I wish I had my phone so I could look it up. That directs the penis. Yeah, I believe so. Maybe I'm. So snitch. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But whatever. You but could yeah. be. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, it was. It was weird because everybody was all happy, and I think at the time Halle Berry even played it off a little bit. But I was like, "This is mad uncomfortable." Yeah, like, I feel like she had to, right? Like, yeah, her career would have been in jeopardy had she like not played it out. Yeah, yeah. right. That's what's fucked up. Yeah, that's so fucked up. Um, do you want anything else? I'm gonna drink and then close out the tab. No, unless good. you want anything. No. All right. Wow, that sounded great so far. Let's catch up with Max and Mel next time and see what else they get into.